Hello, my name is Nick Spacek, and you're listening to From and Inspired by a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we talk about the 1980 slasher classic New Year's Evil with Bobby Asia, bassist for Made in Japan. The 1980 slasher New Year's Evil is fairly amazing because it's pretty nasty in terms of tone, but it also manages to be a really good punk rock kind of film. It's thanks in no small part to the fact that two LA area bands, Shadow and Made in Japan, performed during the film's New Year's Eve TV special, which is the setting for the terrorization of the evidently famous Blaze. It's pretty atrocious, but the performances are cool as hell, with Made in Japan's power pop being especially good. The band was coaxed out of the woodwork a few years back by the folks at Chicago's Hozak Records, who released two songs from the band's heyday on 7-inch, making this the first time Made in Japan's music has ever been readily available. An announced soundtrack for New Year's Evil never materialized despite statements in the closing credits of the film, as well as promotional singles sent to radio stations. We talk about all of this and more with the band's bassist, Bobby Asia. You know, he likes a lot of the same kind of music you like. You know, you really get along with him. Anyhow, he introduced 
such. And sure enough, we became friends ever since. So we played around a little bit. Uh, we never played live, but we kind of worked, worked with this this friend of ours and, and tried out some drummers. It never really went anywhere. Tony was going to law school in, in England and um, off and on. So he decided to go back into to England to go to school, and that's where he met Dave Codley. Um, and they and they did a um, a brief thing. They did some recordings there on, under the name Stiletto. You know, they got they did some TV appearances in Holland. They did release a couple records, and they were having some fun. But they came back to L.A. When they came back to L.A., they called me up and said, "Hey, you want to come down here? Let's play." So you know, I said, "Sure." So I moved down there. So um, basically, that's when Made in Japan um, started. You know. Uh, uh, you know, you know, to get us three, they found Teddy the drummer, and we played around Los Angeles for you know about a year's time. Uh, that, uh, it's kind of rough my memory, but around a year's time, we played all the all the clubs and, and whatnot that was going on there in the LA area. And Barry Paul um, was a friend of theirs from back in England. Tony lived in England, and Dave Dave Codling's from from Leeds. And um, they, Barry was in town, and we asked him to join us you know, as, as our lead guitar player. And he came on board briefly, but it was towards the end. But it wasn't time for us to, when we got uh, hired to, to be in that um, feature film, New Year's Evil, that I believe you've seen already. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's when Barry came in, and we, and we did that. Um, and so that's, that's how it evolved, in, in a nutshell. It's it's such a, like an interesting thing because it seems like the bands of like really sort of been kept alive by that uh, appearance in New Year's Evil. Like, how long had the band been together when you all were contacted to be in that film? Well, we're playing live, so uh, you know, uh, probably no more than a year, maybe a little between a year to. Year and a year and a half. I, I, I'm 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 guessing we weren't really together doing live shows for that long of a period. I mean, we were we were a lot younger back then. Um, uh, you know, a lot of us were on the dole. You know, I was basically I was staying wherever I could stay. Same with a, you know, the, uh, Dave um, from England. Uh, you know, we we're we're not we weren't all that settled. So life wasn't easy. Um, but we were dedicated. Um, you know, rehearsed almost every day. We did a lot of re- lot of recordings in about four or five to the studios and that we just lived and breathed it you know we were in our 20s and and that's all we we're bound and determined we we had some interest from um virgin records actually um there was an ar person from that that label that was really believed in us and they they um actually paid for some recording uh, sessions for us and so there was hope there uh and we, we, we were getting around and stuff like that but um but you know it's just it's you know, by not really becoming finding too much success, it kind of wore on us, and 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 it kind of uh, I, I kind of had to leave town after a while. You know, uh, you know the band played a little bit longer after I left as far as playing live, but it finally just dissolved. But the strong part about the band always, I always felt was was the songwriting and the music. Um, and I never personally never stopped listening. I, I'm basically what you would call the archivist of the band, the historian. And those guys thank me up and down because. Uh, I've, I saved everything. I mean, I swear to God, I got set lists, I got guest lists, I got ticket stuff, I've got all our promo stuff from Canon Pictures for the for the records. I had a stack of the the forty five that, that the Canon Pictures released. It was a, it was a. All they did as far as the movie, I think one of the questions you asked about the soundtrack. Um, I don't know of any like uh, long playing record soundtrack. I just know 
of single, a single, our single and shadow single, <laughs> which I do st I still have a copy of one of theirs, but I have a few of mine. Anyhow, I, I, I just saved all this stuff, and I've always listened to the music, and, and I just, I didn't think anything of after all these years. I mean, we all went our different ways, and I always felt like I was going to hear Tony's music recorded by some famous rock band, you know, and then he'd be making a lot of money selling his music, because I, he's such a talented songwriter. I, I believe in his music. I still see this day. Even the old stuff and even the new stuff, it's even better. But um, I never did. And lo and behold, Facebook came into the picture and everybody's watched years ago. And somehow I ran across Tony Free on Facebook. And this is about 2000 and I'm going to say 2012, 2013. So it really wasn't all that long ago. So there was a big gap from 1981 until 2013 that we, we all lost touch. You know, but we we re reunited in 2013 and started recording again. Dave lives in England, so Tony would go to England and, and co-write stuff with him, bring it back to uh, Los Angeles. Barry uh, had owned a recording studio in North Hollywood for like 25, over 25 years. So we had a place to record our music. So I would go, they'd send me the music, what they, what they had. I would, I would learn my parts. I'd go down to L.A. and I'd throw my tracks on. And we've been basically doing that, that routine for, um, since then, since 2013. You know, we still do it. We don't, we, we haven't done it in the last six, six to eight months, but we've got a, a ton of new music that's, um, we've done some things with. We've actually had it, um, in a couple independent films. We had one of the, uh, well, Tony wrote a special song for a, a pilot show for E! Channel, that, which I don't believe got picked up, but it's kind of cool anyhow. Now, but it's like make your own video kind of thing, and I was doing it just for fun. 
So I took some of our songs and old pictures, and it was like a slideshow, and I put together a video. I did a few of them, but the first one I did was a little longer. Anyhow, I put it on YouTube, and one day I was, I was, you know, looking at it, and I noticed someone made a comment. It turned out to be Todd from Hozak. And he um, he made he made a comment on the video, and he says, "Wow, this was um, this was in uh, 2014." He said, um, "Wow, any chance you can pass over a band contact for Made in Japan? Hozak Records at Gmail dot com." So he left his um, email. I jumped all over that. I go, "Wait a minute, you know somebody's somebody's interested in this? I mean, that's cool. I mean, I I had some other person." Uh, Somehow got hold of me and heard about New Year's Evil, but it was just some somebody who it wasn't really a record record uh, label. He was just a fan of this kind of thing, and he wanted to talk to me. Blah blah blah. But anyhow, that was beforehand. But I got this email from which turned out to be Todd. I followed up on it. We, you know, we we discussed, you know, what he what he, what he wanted to do, and I, I was thrilled to death because for me, you know, to, to get Tony's music when I say Tony's music because he was the main songwriter, but to get the Made in Japan music from those days, um, which I believed in and I loved to death, be, I, I always felt the world needs to hear this stuff, you know, and you can't just be for me in my in my bedroom, you know, and um, and that's what it was for many years. It was just me, but uh, anyhow, um, I was thrilled to death for someone that. Would would want to actually put it on vinyl. If they put it on a 45, you know, a vinyl was, was the ultimate, really. I mean, anybody could do a digital thing, right? So and so that's how we met. It, it was basically t- Todd had seen the video that I, I made on YouTube, made a comment, said, hey, how can I get a hold of somebody? I, and I contacted him, and then one thing went to another. It took two years <laughs> to come out, excuse me, and the reason being, um, he had to do some work, but but it was mostly because of the the, the companies who did, who did vinyl. But, you know, the Lozak is smaller, as you probably know, small record record company. They don't they don't release records all the time, and and they're they're all archive stuff. So it's not like a big demand, you know, to the general public. And you know, vinyl, as you know, has become a lot more popular in the last four or five years. And as you see, a lot more stuff's being, new stuff's being released on vinyl. And also back then, other stuff, all classic albums, you know, the Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, were being put out on vinyl. So those are for sure sellers. And, and I believe that a lot of the vinyl companies felt that, hey, we're going to do these guys first, you know, and and um, and, and we'll get to, to the smaller orders. And so that's why it took two years. I, you know, I was just so impatient, but... The day when when the day came and I opened my doorstep, Todd had sent me a, a, a bunch of the records. I couldn't believe it. You know, I said it really happened. You know, so I was pretty thrilled. Most notable uh, that you guys 
perform a New Year's Evil isn't on that 45 that Canon put out. Well, I think there's a couple reasons. Um, I, I don't. I didn't have um, Dumbelons was one, there's three songs. Dumbelons was one of them. I don't have. Well, I don't have the masters of anything, but I don't have. I didn't have a good recording of Dumbelons. <laughs> on that 45, that Mozak release, this song called Instant Hit, which is kind of ironic because it came out 40 years later. But anyhow, um, it was it was basically the original recording that we did at some some two bit studio back in 1979 or whatever. Um, and 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 the other song, uh, um, you never had it so good. Um, those are like original recordings. Um, now the cooler. In, in, uh, Suicide Ways. I had other recordings of those, but I think Todd might want to steer clear of, um, stuff that was, you know, cause I wasn't sure, I don't spend many years, but I wasn't sure about the legality of, of re-releasing music that, that was at one time basically owned by, uh, you know, a, a, a publishing company. Right. And, and we, we, uh, you know, we weren't smart enough or, I don't know, we just didn't take the time to really figure all that out. And I sent him about at least 20, 25 songs. And I, and, and in my opinion, they're all good, but I said, you pick, take your pick, you can do any, any ones you want, it's fine with me, because I think they're great. And those are the ones that he picked, so those those were his choices. <laughs> so, cool. It, it just seems yeah. so uh, amazing that a, a band who, who never really properly got their their shake gets, like, a, a, a second chance, like, 30 years later. I think that's just so, so cool. What's, yeah, it, like? I, What's it like for the band? I, well, I, you know, myself and Tony, um, well, they, they were all pretty excited. Not, no, no, no more than me, though, or, or Tony. Um, they, you know, they, we, there was a lot, you know, they were excited about it, and we, we just, it's just kind of motivated them to write new stuff, you know. Um, you know, we really love the new stuff. We want to do some stuff, some, some, some things with the new stuff. We're not really pursuing, you know, a record, record thing. I mean, that kind of just fell in our laps. Um, I, honestly, I, I don't really know. You know, uh, you know, the, the record business has changed so much from from back then, as as you know. And, and um, you know, we we uh, what, what we're trying to do really is uh, uh, we're not going into too much detail because I don't have a lot. We we do have a lawyer, a, a, a mutual friend who's a lawyer who works works uh, for for Warner Chapel. So what we're trying to do with the new music is is really trying to get some kind of publishing deal um, to where it can be used for for you know uh, in movies. Um, you know, commercials or whatever, you know, that type of thing, television shows. Like I said, we, we've actually done that. Um, nothing major, you know, um, you know, independent films that they're not, you know, they're not household names or anything like that. But, but that's where our focus is right now. Um, and again, you know, one of the guys lives in, in England, so it, it's, it's hard to collaborate with him. Um, and, and we're kind of spread out. I'm in the San Francisco area. Um, the, the rest of the guys are down in Los Angeles, but you know everybody's a little older now, you know, and there's health issues, and it's, so it's um, you know we we love we love to play the music, we love to talk about it, we, we're putting it out there the best we can, but you know the, the, if if uh, the Hozak Records the only thing that that happens for us, I mean you know I'm happy, I'm happy at this point, that's for sure, because I never thought that would even happen, you know, and the fact that people like yourself or or Todd or or anybody, because we, we've, we've got some good write-ups from that 45. Anybody who's interested, shows any interest in something that is so, to me, it's so obscure. I mean, we we are barely in that damn movie. And, and, our, and it's not like you can hear all of the songs. It's just partial songs. 
um, for anybody even even to notice it is it's amazing to me. I mean, I'm just happy for what what we've gotten to this point. Um, you know, we, we one cool thing is um, uh, there's a fanzine uh, out in the UK called uh, Heavy Soul um, that got you know when the when the 45 came out they got word of it and so they contacted me and I did an interview with them but it was it was a written interview but. I sent them pictures, and I don't know if you've got a chance to see it or even heard about it, but it came out in uh, March of 2000, last year, March of last year. And it's a five-page article on Made in Japan, and with pictures that I sent. I mean, it's really cool, and it's in a really hip fanzine called Heavy Soul. It's like a mod type thing, and it's got all kinds of you know, other other artists that we, we really admire and stuff you know, in it. So that was kind of a, a, of a thrill for us as well. I will definitely, uh, definitely have to track that down. That sounds really amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's... You probably can find it online. I, I don't know if the whole thing is online. Um, if you can't find it, um, I have your email. The best I could do is um, I could scan the article and just send it to you so you could read it. Oh, that'd be great. I would do that for you. Um, you know, a lot of it is some of the things that we're talking about. Obviously, it's a lot less worse because cause I'm a blabbermouth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but nevertheless, it might be something you might be interested in to help you along with your, your article that you're doing or your show yep. that you're doing. <laughs> Um, 
But anyhow, um, so we just got on that stage, and you know, and they they had the cameras and they had the cast, the crew, and it, and it was just like, you know, take and cut and the whole bit. And it took all day long, and we we basically lip synced to those songs. And if, if you notice, if you look at the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, the third scene in that movie, I think it's Suicide Ways. You'll notice that. Um, the, the the footage of the band is not really synced up to that song, um, because because it is because it just wasn't. They just took some footage that they liked, and and they they're playing suicide ways over it. I mean, I I can see it's really it's pretty obvious to me. The other ones were kind of close, like Dumb Blondes. You, you know, it just kind of synced up pretty good, and I think the. Um, well, we do, what, Tumblons, I don't know, I can't remember, I, I think we did the Cooler Live, but anyhow, um, but that's what it was, it, it was just uh, in, in a soundstage with, with the cast and crew, and, and uh, you know, we, it just took all day, and, and then we, we did our thing, and, and that was it, we are done. And now you're on Blu-ray. You know, I don't even have a cop, I, I have, you know what, I have a video cassette of that movie, um, I couldn't find that to save my life um, anywhere back in the old days, and uh I was at a, a comic convention, um, and some vendor there was selling all these videotapes. This was, you know, this was before, like, probably DVD, I guess. I don't know, but he had videotapes, and I said, hey, you got New Year's Evil. He goes, I don't have it, but I get it for you. So he ordered it for me, mailed it to me, and that's all. I don't even have a copy of New Year's Evil. Um, uh, I guess I could get it, but, you know, I, I've, I've seen it, so <laughs> it's kind of cool, though. It used to be on Netflix all the time. Uh, they took it off though. It's on Amazon Prime now. I watched it. Oh, it I watched it on New Year's Eve. Oh, perfect timing. Exactly. Yeah. I think Todd Todd Novak from the Rosak Records told me that they used to have New Year's Eve parties and they would run that movie, you know, with him and his buddies and stuff, you know, and have a good time with it, which is kind of cool. Oh man. So. Sir, this has been fantastic. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's, it's a lot of fun to reminisce. Thanks to Bobby Asia for speaking with me. You can find links to purchase New Year's Evil along with Made in Japan's 7-inch on Hozak Records in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at FromInspiredPod. You can subscribe to us via Apple Podcast and Stitcher as well. Made in Japan can be found on Facebook at Made in Japan is Back, and their website is MadeInJapan2.com. That's MadeInJapan2.com, where you can find a lot more music. Please hit up the website and click on the Give Us Money button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. We'll be back in two weeks talking with Eli Brand about comedy songs and his closing credits for The Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Year's here. A crazy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Blaze. Ooh. Some kind of voice you got there. Sound like the Phantom. You could call me that. So you got a name, Phantom? Call me Evil. Evil? You bad, honey? No. Just Evil. 